This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think they're playing for themselves. Um, I also think that actually having players playing in their proper position... It's like as as I said as I said a couple of weeks ago, Fleming needs to play behind the striker. And for the last three games, he's been playing. Yeah, it was nice to have a win. I thought my pessimistic one-all draw prediction was going to be bang on the money, but um, yeah, good result. Nice to break that seven-month hoodoo. The two goals conceding away from home hoodoo as well. We had a wrap round on net. So uh, yeah, it was good. That was me, mate. Yeah, he did look interesting when he when he was standing there. He just like. Like it was just he, he, he thought that it probably was going to go in, but when he when he took it, it was like what, what, what are you doing? I think there's been a lot of talk that we don't or Rowett doesn't know what his best team is personally. And I know, I know we said about swapping Bradshaw and a phobia, but today is probably the closest to the best team that we've got available at the moment in that system. Good evening, welcome to another edition of that Mill Podcast, the live interactive. Um, show basically joined by our usual um, guests. Um, we have uh, Steve. How you doing, fella? Or Stephen? Sorry, mate. How you doing, fella? You're right. You're on mute. There you go. There you go. Hey, how yeah. you doing, Stephen? You're right. Yeah, not bad, not bad. That yourself. was my fault, to be fair. Yeah, not too bad. That was my fault. I saw you off mute when I put the video on. And, uh, You've just uh, shown yeah. me right out there. So <laughs> right. It's happened to the best of us. Don't panic. Do you know what I mean? Um, and also, the one and only, the football guru, the one and only, Kai Bennett. How you doing, fella? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? How are you both boys? How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good. I'm good. Good, thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs> I can spend my, spend my day trying to sort out gears on my boy's bike and then... Um, Gave in and changed the gear cables because I thought that's the problem. And uh, yeah, it's still not done. So uh, I'll be doing that tomorrow as well. So yeah, hey, it's all good. Um, right, then, gents. I think if you are watching, don't forget you can get involved through the comments. Um, we will air your comments. You are uncensored as long as there's nothing necessarily rude on there or slanderous, even rude's not too bad. Slanderous is, uh, is the way we look at it. This is the live edition um episode um and obviously it takes interaction from you all watching and listening um so this show then obviously we're going to be doing another show later in the week talking about our friendly coming up um on saturday um this show i thought um while we've got fans 
you know, getting involved and everything else. So I thought we'd um, we'd basically do a season review of where we are um, now and and potentially how wrong we were during the first couple of games of players who we were, you know, that's definitely definitely going to be up for player of the season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and, and how our opinions have have probably changed um, now. So, you boys up for a review show then? Yeah, test okay. your knowledge. Um, hopefully that way you boys can talk. We get a few comments and then hopefully we can go from there. So then, first game of the new season was a friendly behind closed doors to Crystal Palace. Uh, we lost five four. Um, to be fair, most of us watched that on stream, and to be fair, we we sort of we didn't look too bad, did we? Go to you first, Kai. No, I thought we looked. I thought we looked good. It was encouraging. Um, Bennett scored a nice header. There was a goal from Fleming. Actually, no, Bennett scored two, didn't he? And there was a goal from Fleming and Cresswell. Um, it was it was an encouraging performance. It was nice to see our new signing in action. I think it was a really from memory. It was a it was a strike from about from outside the box, wasn't it, from Zian Fleming? So sort of showed us a little bit about what he's about and he hasn't he certainly lived up to that hype. But it was a it was it was a good game. I guess it's one of them ones that's good to see where you are at, where you're against the Premier League side. And I thought we came out of it uh, really good. We looked good and probably unlucky to lose the game. So it was really encouraging and yeah probably a, a good friendly all round. We looked as if a bit of excitement sort of came in then, didn't it, when we sort of it was a five four, it weren't too bad, but yeah, I mean, any standout moments for you on that one, Stephen? Um, it's always difficult, isn't it? The first game of the pre-season, you, it's, it's getting sort of minutes in the legs and whatnot. I mean, obviously, Fleming scoring a goal on, on his on his debut, um, you know, big money signing. I think that was, it was nice to see. I think all the supporters were kind of thinking, let's hope he settles. And, and the fact that he scored so early probably did him a world of good as well. He didn't have the running through pre-season, not getting, not getting on the score sheet. Um, and I thought as well, uh, you know, it was interesting that um, some of the younger lads that, that were getting opportunities, um, whilst they might not have featured so much in the season, but we've kind of seen a little bit more of players that we might not have got to have a look at and think, do you know what, the future could be could be in good hands as well. We then played, obviously, we had the international game as such. Um, we've, uh, well, no, we had Dartford first, sorry. I've, I've missed three games there. We had Dartford, obviously, which, to be fair wasn't really um it, it was obvious good. we were gonna win no it was obvious we were gonna win that to be fair you know um I think there was a couple of chances where you saw people like Bury who you know you could see him panic in front of the goal um when he could have necessarily have put that straight in um and then obviously we had Colchester away which we won and then obviously um we had the Watford game cancelled. Then we had the international, um, the Husky Cup, the Husky, whatever you want to call it, um, where we got beat on penalties. I think though, with with that, I mean, again, it, you don't want to be losing games in pre-season. You want to try and build some momentum. But I think it, it was one of those where, um, again, lots of changes when managers can make five, six, seven, eight, nine changes. You, you you don't really you're not it's not necessarily again, not necessarily about winning the game. Um disappointing to lose on penalties, but uh, from memory, I don't recall Mill having a particularly good record 
whenever we've been involved in a penalty shootout. So as soon as it went to pens, I just thought, oh, well, okay, well, that, that, it's not going to happen. Um, interestingly, I think in that, what was quite funny was I think the last penalty that the um, Hammerby guy took, I think he dinked it down the middle and Bart was fuming about it. He was absolutely, you could just tell he was so annoyed. But yeah, as soon as he went to a penalty shootout, I wasn't really confident. So we get the last of the friendlies out of the way. We played Ipswich. We drew one all. Um, again, you know, uh, a so-so performance. Then we start the season, and now it gets real. We were playing Stoke at home, and all of a sudden we come on form, and, um, well, we smashed it, I suppose. We, we beat them 2-0, and, um, and we looked like a team what was potentially going to take the lead by storm. Stephen? Yeah, I mean, I think um, starting at home, uh, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of talk about this being the year, you know, Rowett's, um, you know, three-year plan and, and and everything coming in, the new signings, everyone was, was really positive. Um, Charlie Cresswell, one of them scoring twice on his debut, I think at the time, lead supporters were sort of saying he should be in their first team. We were saying, you know, he's best defender in the championship and it was sort of a feel-good factor. Um, I think w- with that as well, whilst it's been topsy-turvy and, and, you know, better now, I think that game kind of showed that we were serious about mounting a challenge this year. I, admittedly only one game, but I, I, I thought we I thought we played quite well and um, and it looked as if it was going to be um, good things ahead. No, exactly. We lined up for that on a 3-4-2-1. Um, and I suppose the most impressive start on there was, uh, you know, we had 42% Position, but we had 13 um, shots, five on target. Obviously, we scored two, but um, they were they were poor, though, weren't they? Um, they had four shots um, and two on target. They they were poor, though, weren't they, Kai? Oh yeah, they were. I mean, I think their, their fans were expecting more as well out of, out, of that, out of their first game. You know, Michael O'Neill has obviously since been since been sacked, um, and you can't really. Well, you can see why, do you know what I mean? Because they, they, they were so poor that day. And I think Stoke fans were, were willing to give them one more chance, see if they could sort of turn their fortunes around. But that opening day of the season defeat to us almost probably confirmed to the Stoke fans that it doesn't matter what we've done in the summer. We're not we're not going to go anywhere under this manager. And obviously it was only another four, I think four or five games and they got rid of him. So it doesn't surprise me they got rid of him. Um, are they doing any better now? Not really. There's a lot of question marks, isn't there, whether Alex Neil made the right decision to go from Sunderland. I don't think he probably did. I think Stoke's one of them clubs that I think any manager will struggles with, doesn't it? It seems to be one of them clubs that, that, that goes like that. So, yeah, it was a good win, though. Fantastic win on, on the opening day. Cambridge. Cambridge away in the um, T-Bob Cup. Um, and the first of the season, in, in the proper season, where we played that dreadful five at the back. So we played a 5-3-2. Um, and we were shit. I think it's funny, really, because Gary Rowett doesn't seem to be, or when he's been with the club, and I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but our cup record under him hasn't really been that good. Um, it, he, it's almost as if, because I think last year was Palace at home in the FA Cup, and I, I thought we were unlucky that day, but it, it almost as if the cups are just a distraction to him. I don't think he's that fussed about it. it made a lot of changes. We had our first red card in, I, I think last year we were a side that I don't think we had many, any red cards 
And then second game of the season, um, well, the red card. It, it was very strange, strange performance. George Honeyman. Yeah. George Honeyman, red card. Um, yeah. Um, strange game to get it at. Kai, you were there, weren't you? You went to Cambridge, didn't you? Yeah, no, it was, um, it was pretty hard. It was a tough one because... You know, obviously, when you go when you go somewhere favourites, you know you expect to sort of you know wipe the floor with the opposition. But they they to be fair to Cambridge, they, they really dug in. They they really stopped us from doing much with the ball. Um, I think Tom Bradshaw came off within about a minute as well in that one. Came Isaac Alafe came on, and Alafe missed a couple of chances himself to obviously equalise later on. It was just it was just a really uh, disjointed performance, and I think it was one that we can look back on now and thank, thankfully think we much we much improved on that. So yeah, it was one of them ones. Dark, well, not a dark day, but a disappointing day. Um, but one we, we, we seem to have come on leaps and bounds from. We did, but straight after that, we played Sheffield United and up to up to Bramwell Lane. And we play 3-4-1-2 and we lose 2-0. I think Sheffield United are... Up. I thought they were going to run away with the league at the time. I thought they were very good. They on paper, their squad's really, really strong. Um, I went up there a couple of years ago, and I often say there's not many grounds you walk into where it's an intimidating atmosphere and they're on top of you. But at Bramall Lane, they really do back their their their, their team. They back their players, and I think that at the time you go, you lose an away game and you just think, oh, you know, the first away, the first league defeat of the season. But in, on reflection, the fact that we got Sheffield United away out of, out of the way so early, I, I think that might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Well, they're second in the league now, aren't they? Mm. Second in the league on 38 points. So, I mean, um, their last, I think their last five games have only lost one. So, uh, they are looking as if, you know, they are potentially promotion um, favourites, I suppose, them and Burnley are top of the table. So, uh, so yeah, they are looking quite favourable. Um, anything on, uh, on Sheffield United, Kai? Um, it was just one of them, obviously, from the year before we beat them with Cooper scoring that last-minute strike. It's one of them ones that you go there, you hope you can sort of replicate the same sort of performance. But when a team scores so early on like that, it's going to be really hard to get back into the game. It's one of them ones you have to almost see out till half-time and try and keep things tight and hope you nick a goal second half. Um, and they're two and up, but they could have been three up if Bart wouldn't have saved that penalty. Um, in the second half, we huffed and puffed, but we didn't quite manage any real meaningful opportunity. I think we might have had one actually where Bennett or Bury had a chance and they, they couldn't quite finish it off. But yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty poor display and Sheffield United r- uh, rightly took home all three points. I think that was the weekend, wasn't it, where pretty much uh, half the fan base had chucked a few quid on Jake Cooper to score. <laughs> And uh, he had absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, but the following the following game um, against Coventry was a different story, though, wasn't it? Uh, lucky, I think. Um, guy Carez, the the guy that they've got up front, in my opinion, I think he's the best player in the championship. He was absolutely superb that day. I think we went two 0 down. I think we were two 0 down in the first half. They scored both goals at our home end, and you just thought, "Oh God, you know, here we go again." Type thing. I think they come to the den a few years ago, Coventry. I think they had Adam Armstrong at the time, and they beat us four 0 early doors. And you just kind of thought it was going to go the same way. 
but it's a good win. Um, good comeback win. Kind of showed a little bit of fighting spirit. And um, yeah, I, I, I think again, a side um, that we probably should have been, Geiger is a side, I think the side we should have been beating. So um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good to, to come back and win. It was um, four, three, four, one, two. Um, it was a 10 man team. Um, we came back and beat. And um, and the first one of the season that Jake Cooper had scored in and potentially uh, people a few quid. Because normally with Jake, he's normally 9, 12 to 1 um, to score at any point. Um, I think I did see someone had a, a score at any time and a Millwall win and, uh, and took a few quid for that one. So well done to them. But yeah, Jake... Jake's a good bet occasionally to have a bet on because he um, he does score. But no, I don't think there was anything stand out. I think we were lucky. Um, you know, what did we do? Score in the 85th minute, um, Savile. So mm-hmm. it weren't too bad, but hey-ho. Um, I don't think it was the uh, the best game what we wanted either. I think most of the early season games, I mean, we know we've spoken about this so much as a group and on the spaces that the persistence of playing the system with the three centre-backs um, was... It, you win the game, so you go home and you think, right, we've got three points. But I think the frailties were still there with with um, the system and, and kind of wanting to be a little bit more on the front foot, especially at home. Right then, a game what sticks in the memory for so many reasons. Uh, Millwall away to Swansea. We were losing 2-0 from 13 minutes and two goals are scored, 90 plus three, 90 plus five, which then means we take a point home. Unfortunately, neither one of those goals were scored by us. Um, Harry Darling scored our first for us, plays for Swansea, and, uh, and Nathan Wood scored the second for us. Again, plays for Swansea. I don't think I've ever seen a game where we've drawn, where all four goals as such have been scored by the opposition. No, I think you're probably probably right. I mean, thank you so much to those Swansea players that did score for us. They gave us a massive helping hand. All I remember from that day was going on the internet the next day and someone had screenshotted or screen recorded the Swansea vlogger that gets, says, like, I'm fuming or something like that. And it's <laughs> it's one to watch. It's it's very funny. Um, but that was, it was a really good comeback draw and it was one that... You know, I didn't expect, and all of a sudden we were two-two. But it's, it's a football's crazy game, isn't it? You've got to keep, keep going, keep fighting, and hopefully something drops for you. And l- lucky that day, two things dropped for us, and we managed to get a draw. Yeah, Tyler had an absolute shocker that day, mate. Um, you probably saw it. his video. Probably saw his video on um, on Twitter and social media. He left at ninety minutes. Thought, fuck this. Went to McDonald's. And then suddenly he's running around McDonald's screaming his knife when he realised that we've equalised and actually we're not doing so bad. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was quite funny. So yeah, what I remember um, about that though is that for the next two or three, maybe four games after, as soon as it gets sort of eighty-five minutes, you'd get people around the ground going, "Oh, you know, if he had on a bit of time for extra time, we could score two. And it, that was just like a running. It never happened. I don't think we scored an in injury time. To my lawyer, I don't think we've scored an injury time since, but everyone just thought, oh, it can happen again, it can happen again. It it probably won't. It won't again this season. No. And then we went on a bit of a losing run to a degree. Um, 
Norwich away. Um, we lose 2 0. Um, again, we play 3 4 1 2. And today I'm waiting for a five, but so far we've only played five at about once. And I'm thinking, so it's a five and a three, really. But we, we get on to the, 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 the later half in a little while. But I mean, Norwich away. Okay, Norwich come down last season. Not a bad team. Um, I could have done better. My my um, one of my best friends is a Norwich fan, and we travelled to the game together. And... Has he got six fingers? Or <laughs> oh, I'll make sure he listens to this because um, yeah, he might have. I don't know, but um, he yeah, I give him a lot of stick on the way out to the ground. Uh, me, him, and my dad went, and we gave him a lot of stick. This was the time we're going to beat him. We're going to beat them at the Carrow Road and. The three-hour journey. Then there was uh, roadworks on the um, Dartford Bridge on the way home as well. So it took us ages to get back. But I think it's again, like I said earlier, similar to Sheffield United. It, it, the fact that we've managed to get them Norwich, and you'll come on to it, Burnley, which I know we lost to all three of them, but we managed to get all three of those away trips out of the way before the end of September, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, okay, disappointing results, but. Uh, again, blessing in disguise. Get those hard ones out of the way, and um, it would have been nice to take some points, of course. But um, our record at Carrow Road is atrocious, and uh, to be honest with you, we could have been playing all night, and I don't think we've scored. So two 0 probably flattered us a little bit. Kai, no, I think you're probably probably the right. Probably are. I'll probably see it the same way. Um, that first half, I thought we really stuck in the game. We, you know, we we we, we made Norwich work, and we actually looked quite dangerous ourselves, but. That first goal, five, ten minutes into the second half, really killed us. We just lost any, any momentum we did have um, and almost sat back a bit more. They scored the second. And, you know, as you say before, for the Swansea game, everyone thinks, you know, could we do it again? Can we can we potentially mount another comeback? But can't do that every week. And it was, that was that was the problem at the start of the season, wasn't it? Keep going down two goals away from home and weren't able to come back from them. So, yeah, it was disappointing even after a quite a good first half. This was quite a contentious game. The next one, what we're going to do is obviously... We had Reading at home, uh, Paul Lintz and one of our own um, cracking players. I don't know if he's a legend, that's for another show, but um, Alex Ray was down and um, and they beat us 1-0 and they scored in the 14th minute. Um, so it weren't as if it was like a last minute, you know, depressing win. That was a... a you know, a well-fought-off-and-held um, win to a degree. We had 13 shots, one on target. They had two on target and scored one, and and that was it, mate. Um, your thoughts on that game then, Kai? For memory, we did we have a um, we had this loud goal, didn't we? I'm pretty sure we might have had this loud goal in that game. About 60, 60, 50 minutes, something like that. For some reason, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so, Something yeah. you're right. I think something like that, because I, I remember coming away thinking... I wonder if that was, I think it was offside, it was a foul in the build-up. And it's moments like that, isn't it? The same with, I know we're going to get onto it in a bit, but the game against Hull and obviously get this loud goal in that as well. And to be fair, Reading, Reading just sat back and, and, and really invited us on. But they just, everything we threw at them, they, they dealt with comfortably. They looked really comfortable and we never really looked like we were going to break them down. It was actually quite a surprising defeat when, you know, if we, I think we probably everyone probably turned up expecting to, to beat them, beat them probably quite comfortably, especially with, how they are as a squad, but they were doing quite well at the time. They're still doing pretty well now. They've, they've probably shocked a few teams this year uh, with how, how decent they have been. 
But um, that was a was a tough day and one that we just yeah it just seems like it was a stubborn defence, and the stubborn defence unfortunately won. Yeah, they're twelfth. They're twelfth in the table now. Um, they've not had a good run though, Kai. They've had a loss, a draw, a loss, a loss, and a win. So they've only yeah. had one win in the last five. Um, they were doing you know, right at some point earlier point in the season because I think they they might have got a draw against Norwich or something at home. They they got a couple of good draws in there. I, I thought yeah. that when we played them, I, I mean, I actually missed the game, so I, I didn't. Uh, that was one I couldn't actually um, make. But I thought they they were right at the top of the league. They started really, really well. Yeah. I think that was during that spell that they come and beat us. Um, but a, a side that you you just kind of felt were going to fall away. They weren't going to be able to sustain the challenge. Personally, that's what I thought. And obviously, now if you say they've dropped back down to twelve and on on a bit of a disappointing run, but at the time they looked they were looking really good. Yeah, but again, we got beat. And then from there, we then had Burnley come to the den. And surprise, surprise, um, we lost another 3-4-2-1 formation. And um, you could see that Burnley was a good side. Because coming to us before, I think the game before Burnley played, didn't they score five? I think it was a game before, just before that. I think they scored five. Mm. I think it was against. So, Wigan. yeah, yeah. That that was actually um, that was the game I actually joined the spaces for the first time. After that, that was the first one that I had um, yeah, sort of got involved, yeah. got involved with that. And um, I actually thought we played quite well um, in in spells in the game. At nil nil, we had two chances. I think at one nil, there was one moment where I think Fleming almost put a ball through I, I might have been to, to Bennett and had he controlled it he probably would have scored but I think they had Nathan Teller up front who is just he's so good he's such a good footballer and I think he was just too good for us on the night and and um, that's why they're at the top of the league because they're able to bring in those types of players No that's it you know um, we had five shots on target shit possession though 31% possession so um yeah, not 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 great there. Um, and then our luck turn. We went and played the Welsh boys, or we had the Welsh boys come up Cardiff. Um, and again, another goal from Creswell, and a goal from Afobi, and we beat them 2 0. And we looked as if we weren't too bad. That was, it was a good performance that day. Steve Morrison coming back to the den, obviously, for the second time. And I think he really, they, they started well, Cardiff, actually. I remember them starting really on the front foot and they, they pinned us back and they got a Villa Loney. I can't remember his name. They got a Villa Loney. He's placing on the wing. And he, he I think he hit the post. Sayers or a Rimbo? A rim. Something like that. Yeah, it's one of them two. But I remember Ojo hit the post, literally, probably one of the last kicks in the first half. Second half, we came out like a different team. We we, won, we, we played high in possession, um, and we looked to really really push push on and, and try and get that get that goal and get the second goal, and, and we did. And, and in the end, it was pretty comfortable actually after that, wasn't it? The last sort of 15, 10, 15 minutes were pretty comfortable and, and well sort out. What was what was so special about that game, Stephen? Uh, well, I think obviously getting one over Morrison. Um, you know, it was always nice. I, I must admit, I'm a little bit of a Steve Morrison fan. So, um, but again, it's always nice to get one over your old players, and 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 so especially someone who should we say is a little bit outspoken. 
Um, I think it was, it's interesting, it's Kaya just kind of touched on it there, that first half flat, backs against the wall, but it was almost, and it's almost as if the season has kind of followed a similar suit, starting off a little bit poorly, starting off a little bit with not really many ideas what going forward, but then all of a sudden the kind of shackles are loosened and Rowett goes, right, go and play. And all of a sudden, you you, you know, we, it looks it looked an easier second half. Well, it was also a game where we played a completely different formation to what we played all season. Mm. So we were playing a four three, uh, a three four three formation where we had Bradshaw, Fleming, and Vogslammer um, across the front line, and it was where we started, you know where we started seeing things with Billy Mitchell and, and George Savile, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, again, scored late, Creswell and a Fobie 63 and 90 minute. But it was nice to win. Um, it was fantastic to ruin not only Steve Morrison's day, but to get under the skin of um, Marlon Romeo, who lost it. Mate, he fucking, he he did not like the abuse he got. He did not like um, the atmosphere or anything else that day. It, it really got to him. I think, Romeo, I'll be honest with you, I, I think it's a shame what happened with, with Marlon. I think, you know, it, it was obviously a situation that he needed to take himself out of and the club needed to take him out of. He didn't want to play for us. He was he was unhappy with what had gone on, rightly or wrongly. Um, I always find it interesting when players come back and how they react at the den because some players relish it. I think um, we'll come on to it. I think Jed Wallace was someone that that probably wanted to come back and wanted it. And he, was, he spoke about it on Twitter. I think Marlon was a little bit different. I think it really shocked him just how much um, the supporters were like, right, okay, you acted the way that you did and this has gone on. We're going to have you now. And I just don't think he... And, and I think Steve Morrison, to be fair to him, Morrison kind of not stuck up for the Mill supporters, but they kind of he kind of come out and said he's got to deal with it. It's, it's a part and parcel of the game. He didn't he didn't try and make anything of it. He just said wasn't good enough. Deal with it. Yeah, I think I think yeah, Morrison. Yeah, I saw that. I saw an interview with him where he turned around and said, you know, you can't in any way think that you're going to go back to the den as an ex player, especially if it, if there's been any sort of turmoil to a degree mm. uh, that they're not going to give you dog shit abuse, um, because it's it's a simple. Um, it's as simple as that, yeah. I mean, Ollie was saying there, um, which we'll come on to in a little bit, but, you know, the same thing happened with OJ. You know, he well, he, he, he thought he was going to be the bee's knees, didn't he? And he fucking, he got dog shit abuse as well. So, you know, it, it, you listen, you fucking play with fire or you pull the lion's tail and you come back mm. and, you know, unfortunately... It's not going to be the pleasantest, journey, you know, the pleasant afternoon. What you think it's going to be? We are horrible, horrible cunts. There's no other way about it. We are horrible, horrible cunts. And when we're on form, that den is a fucking horrible place to be. I wouldn't want to play football there if I was an opposition side. Scare the life out of me. You know how loud it is on that pitch. And I've been on that pitch side, you know. And Omar said before that. 
that pitch when when you got the fans singing together is unbelievable. It is so loud on that pitch. It's fucking terrifying. I think Ben Chilwell is the best person to ask about that. I think he, I think he's one. You know, he's you know fair play to him. He's made a decent career for himself, but um, not wanting to take a throw in pretty much sums up what the den and what that what that that can do to a player. Because if you're not up for it, you've got no chance. Absolutely yeah. no chance. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. I completely agree. I completely agree to you, Chris. We'll come back to your point in um, in a little bit. Um, I will. I won't ignore you. I will come back to you in a minute on that one. Let's get up to to modern day. Um, right, we are now looking at QPR, London derby. Um, normally a good game. They fucking they turned us over, didn't they? Yeah, it was a, it was a, Mickey, I'm sure you remember, it was a nice day, uh, followed by a not so nice evening. Yeah. We, had our, we had our little stuff by the river, didn't we? So it was a. Yes, we did. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, we all went out. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we all went out, yeah, 14th of September. Yeah, it was the day before my boy's birthday as well. So, and, um, and not long after mine. So, yeah, we all went out on the piss that day. Um, we all met up at the river and, um, me and Omar met up about two o'clock and we were in a pub and by about half three, we'd already done about five pints of Guinness and thought, fucking hell, this is turning into going to be a mad evening. Um, yeah, we had a great day. Um, yeah. A fantastic, you know, loads of food, loads of booze. Loads, it was a good, you know, a good day out as such. We're on afternoon, early evening and then we went to the den and then we watched that shit and it was it was a disappointing um we all thought we were going to do better especially against QPR because we normally do but we didn't we just didn't turn up coming in who what's the lineup what do you think the lineup going to be it's going to be wow i didn't expect that it's a 343 so I, you played played the same as what you played against cardiff i thought personally that was actually the turning point of the season and I think it was that was the worst that was the worst um the the worst performance that the one that really got the supporters um you know on at Rowett on social media really you know gunning for him because I mean the the QPR's first goal and I've seen it a couple of times they knock it from their keeper all the way forward. No one presses the ball. Everyone yeah. moves out the way and just basically says to him, go on in, like, have a go. And it just, I, I think that, I really think that was the turning point. So I think people were leaving the ground that day thinking, right, he's either got to really, has got to sort himself out or he's got to go. Um, and yeah, we, we just, it, we just didn't turn up. Didn't turn up as you say. QPR is usually a game where we've got a good record at the den, but they come and absolutely walked all over us. And I, I, they're a good side, don't get me wrong. But we don't at home. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be playing. We, sh- we shouldn't be losing games like that. It just it's just not right. I mean, QPR are same level points as us. Um, they're just behind us in the league, and they've had a mare the last five games. They've only drawn once and lost four in the last so many games. But going back to a point where you said earlier on, where I think you're right, we, us having a lot of the top teams early on, I think probably done us a favour because we lost or we didn't do that well. And then QPR 
the touch paper, I think, was starting to, you know, got lit and and Rowett, 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 um, really started to to hear from the Millwall fans, which he possibly didn't in the same way as he had before. You're probably right. I mean, I think that you know that that was probably the was it the last game before we changed the formation back to went to a four. That might be the last one. Maybe. Well, we went we went Blackpool Blackpool away, and we stuck with the same sort of formation what we've had previous, which was a three four one two. Um, but we beat them. That um, Zion Fleming and Benekophobia. Actually, while we mentioned Benekophobia again, I'll come back to. Um, to Chris's point, once I can get onto that screen. There we go. Chris said, should a phobia get back in the team or do you think he is rubbish as he looks? I think a phobia is a good player. There's just, I, I've, I've said this before and he's a professional player and I know that and I know they're not lazy because I've had people tell me before. But I don't know whether or not he just... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Conceals his energy or, or, you know, sort of keeps his energy until he absolutely needs it to make a run. Or he just can't be asked to run around and backtrack. I mean, I don't know what you lot watching, if you've got a comment on uh, on a phobia or not. Um, I don't know. I mean, what's your boy's thought on a phobia, on, on Chris's question? Should a phobia be back in the team or do you think he's rubbish as he looks? Or do you think he is as rubbish as he looks? Stephen? I think I think it's really, really harsh to call, as you say, a professional footballer rubbish. I, I would I would say I think a phobia has been quite off the pace most of the season. I think he's not done enough to really show um, that he either wants to be there or he's... Or he's he's good enough to be there. So you're you're just saying he's shit politely rather than the way no, that <laughs> because because his goal against the goal he scored against uh, Cardiff, the touch and the finish was absolutely brilliant. He, yeah. he, he's got quality. It's just in especially now in the formation that we're playing, we have to have players that are willing to press and are willing to run around. And I don't think a is that type of player. If you've got him in a two as a, a two yeah. up front and he's got someone to do the kind of legwork for him great fine but I don't think we I, I don't think it's a case of that he sh- he um, shouldn't be getting back in the team I don't think the system I don't think the system suits him I think you have to play with a two for him to get in and be effective just before you answer Kai uh, Chris has come back with another comment 
Chris has come back and said, my mum could do better than him and she has one eye and shingle. Could Chris's mum score the goal that he did against Cardiff? I don't think so. There you go, Chris. I'll leave that comment coming back to you. So, um, yeah, quite give us your view on uh, on Chris's original question and should a phobia get back in the team or do you think he's as rubbish as he looks? Well, it's really hard for him to get back in the team as it stands. I think Bradshaw's doing a really nice job at up, up top and he's doing a really good job with, with the with the others. But then again, oh, we can score. See? Right, get her a contract then. Yeah. Tell you, yeah. Chris, tell your mum to bring her boots on Saturday, all right? It's a, it's a, it's a friendly, so I'm sure Gary would get her on. I think that I think that it's, it's difficult with Benning. I think if he gets the ball around the six-yard box, anywhere near sort of, you know, shooting distance, if he's better when the ball comes at him. He has to almost react, if that makes sense. Mm. He's better if, if the ball comes at him fast and he has to hit it. He's, he's more likely to score than if he has a bit of time to think about it. I think sometimes... Sure, he's on boot. Um, I think sometimes he can be a little, try and be a little bit smart with how he does it. Um, but I, I, re- I like Benning. I think he, he's got a, got a good, good finish on him. Um Yes, I think sometimes he probably does look a little bit uh, lackadaisical because sometimes he doesn't run around as much as maybe you would like him to. But, um, but no, I, I like Benny. I don't think he gets back in the team straight away because I think Tom Bradshaw's doing a really good job. But obviously, if he can keep working on his fitness, keep getting up to speed, he'll get another chance and it's up to him to take it. Next game was a revenge match for Snowgate. Um, Kai, will, Kai will tell us some bits on this because Kai went up there to Snowgate, didn't you, Kai? Oh, it was awful. Honestly, it was dreadful. It was the, honestly one of the worst days, uh, I'd say. Probably, yeah. I'd say it's one of the, one of the worst days for following follow Millwall, you know, other Millwall, whatever. Just because there's no football. I mean, I'd, I don't know if I'd prefer to lose or there'd be no game. Like, it's, it's mad. But up it there was, and, it was bullshit, though, wasn't it? You know, it was, it was, the, the truth of the matter was, allegedly, is that they had a lot of injuries. They didn't want to necessarily play it, allegedly. And their guys couldn't necessarily understand how a snow shovel worked. Um, they cleared they cleared part of the pitch double quick. Or, or sorry, 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 sorry. The mill wall help. Yeah. Cleared the pitch really well. The Blackburn players or the Blackburn... Um, team, ground team, volunteers, helpers, whatever, um, didn't have a fucking clue. You might as well have given them a fucking hairdryer, mate. They'd done as much good as that. Do you know what I mean? Um, it was obvious they didn't want to play it. It was obvious they were looking to get the game off. Um, and listen, it, it's it's shithousery at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's all it was. I mean, we would have probably done the same if we had people injured. Um, it was shithousery at the, at the highest level and they got away with it. But when we went back up there, we done it. We, we, we got beat, but at least we, you know, we didn't get stuff too bad. Jake Cooper got another goal. So at least some people made a few quid out of it. Well, actually, funny enough, on the revert on the fixture that we, we had to rearrange because of that one last year, that was the one where we didn't have a single shot on target, wasn't it? Or yeah, it? yeah, it was. It was, and the, and the funny, annoying thing was, is we went into that game, Snowgate one. We we were full of confidence. We were doing really well. I think we won our last three away games, something like that. Yeah, and we were really looking to. I think I think it might be four in a row or five wins in a row, something like that. And yeah, I think it was. Well, I'm not gonna, you know, have, you know, I just, I, I, I think the, I don't think the, uh, what do you call it, the under, under sort of heating was on either that day. So. 
Yeah, allegedly it was too much to put on. And, uh, you know, allegedly, 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 they didn't know snow was coming. So um, if I was them, I'd probably sack Michael Foot because he fucked up with a hurricane once before. And telling you there was no snow coming was a bit of a fucking piss take as well. So, yeah. I think it was it was really because they were missing Berrett and Diaz. That Berrett yeah. and Diaz was out. It was they had injuries, but but he was the one. He was the one they were missing. Like and last this year they've been good again, and it's not just been him. But last year everything they did went through him, and they probably thought, yeah, we won't turn the undersole heating on. We'll we'll chance our luck, and well, they got away with it. Yeah. Then we went away to Rotherham. We had a few away games that week, didn't we? Then we went away to Rotherham, and this, again, was quite a shocking game, to be fair, wasn't it? It wasn't great. Um, we were 4-2-3-1 again. Um, Zion Fleming um, scored, 42nd minute. And then, yeah, I think it's where it changed was after this game, if um, memory serves correctly. The the shape that that was the game that the shape changed to the four at the back that we'd been calling for, um, and I actually thought we were quite good that night. Um, yeah. I thought we were quite unlucky to not win the game. Fleming's goal was an absolute rocket with his left foot. It was just touch inside and absolutely levered it into the top corner. But that that was I think whether or not this was intentional, but I, at Blackburn, who were a better side in the, in the division, Rowett didn't quite trust to go with the four at the back. So he saved it for Rotherham. He saved it for a team that he thought, okay, might not be able to hurt us. And to be honest with you, since then, we haven't looked back. It's, it's been, it's been, um, yeah, it's now, yeah, it's going to get a lot more friendly again, going into, um, into the last part of the show with this, I suppose. But, yeah, we played Middlesbrough away, 2-0. Fleming scores twice. Any Anything on Middlesbrough, either of you boys? It was a nice birthday present. That was a lovely, lovely birthday present. <laughs> Didn't expect that, I think. But I think the four at the back, just over, overall, it just changes the way we play, I think. I think it just it gives us more space. Um, I feel like we're more fluent as well with the four. The, the center, but I think Charlie Cresswell's been really actually really good since we've gone to about four. There was a few question marks before that, um, but now since we've gone back to about four, he looks really comfortable in it, which is which is good to see with Hutch out. We've got something like that who can cover, and I think Cresswell's done really well recently. But the middles were game, we we look really good and Burrow a good side, and we, we managed to dominate and, and get two goals in, scoring both goals, which are, I thought were quite good goals as well. So, yeah, it was, it was a good day, I think, as well. It it a lot of the time, and it really frustrates me with Mill supporters, and it happens a lot. If we beat a team that are not doing very well, or a so-called, you know, one of the poor sides, it's oh, they they, they weren't very good, but we were good that day. It, it's it's almost as if we can't have we can't have everything. It's either the opposition were poor, or you know, but it's not just that because we made them look as poor as they were. And I, I thought we played really well. Fleming deserved his goals. I think that was the real, the, the Rotherham game was the real coming of age for him. And he'd obviously was, you know, full of confidence, ready to, ready to sort of attack the league and, and another two goals to follow it up. That's it. Then we go away to Bristol. We again play the um, 4 2 3 one, four at the back and obviously Savile, um, and Mitchell in the middle, or in the midfield. Um, 
and we score three goals. We win 2-1, and Scorn, Sean Hutchinson gives them um, their one goal at uh, 71 minutes in with an own goal. So that was nice of him, repaying the Swansea <laughs> kindness, passing it on. I think I think if if I remember correctly, I think one of the Bristol City players would have been offside, whether or not the linesman would have given it. But Hutchinson didn't know that he had to he had to go for it, which I don't mind. It's part of football, isn't it? You'd rather you defend the go for it than leave it, and they score. Um, yeah. And I think that was also the game where, um, in obviously we we pulled ahead a good goal from Fleming, but just a bit of desire in the team. I think George Savile made about a fifty yard run in the ninety fifth minute. To, to win us a penalty and it just showed that we had a little bit of fight in the team and a little bit of backbone in, in that in that middle. Um a phobia obviously missed a penalty. Was it that game? Yeah. Yeah it was yeah 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 and yeah, I, yeah, on the yeah, spaces it, yeah, yeah. on the spaces after I think maybe yeah, yeah, you yeah. give you give a phobia I did. a bright hammering. <laughs> I did didn't I? I said he fucking I said I could have hit that ball harder with my cock if I remember rightly, yeah, going back to the space. So yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yeah, Richard Lacey, we come. I'll come to your point in a in a second. Um, yeah, we just yeah, it was 90, 90 plus seventh minute. Benekafobi missed. Um, plus as well, wasn't there wasn't there a fella on Twitter that had Millwall to win three one? Um, I'm sure Tom Bradshaw to score first, Millwall to win three one, and it was about I think it was about two hundred to one. And the fella had stuck a fiver on it, and obviously going into the ninety-six minute, if a phobie scores that penalty, he wins a grand. So I can imagine that fella was absolutely raging. <laughs> no, I'm fucking. I bet I would be as well. So yeah, just before we go on to the Watford game, which was probably a a change for us because Watford were doing really, really well. Richard Lacey's got a question, and I'll put it to you. Um, Leonard's say if Leonard's fit tomorrow. Does he get back in the side? And if so, where? Go to you, Stephen, first, because you're smirking. You obviously didn't want to take this question, so I'm going to give it to you first. I knew you were going to do that. I oh, I really like Ryan Leonard. I really do. I've been, I have I think he's such an important player when fit. His energy, his engine. I think he's got a bit of pace about him as well. Um, but... I don't think he. I don't think you can play him in front of Mitchell or Savile at the moment. I think them two are the two that have nailed down that that central midfield position. Um, and at right back, um, again, I think it would be very harsh to to um, drop Danny McNamara. I, I know I've, I'm a huge fan of Leonard, and I've always been banging on about he should be in the team. He should be in the team. But right now, if everyone's fit, I think you've got to give Savile or Mitchell that starting berth. But in games, if they are getting tired, if they are getting overworked, he would be the perfect replacement because he comes on and he's got an engine. Kai? I tend to agree. I, I'm not quite like Stephen. I, I really like Leonard. Um, I think he gives us that energy, as you said, and he gives us that little bit of creativity sometimes as well because I think people underestimate, as you said, how quick he is, but also how creative he can be as well. He's got a really nice pass on him um, and he's hard, he's strong in a challenge. So he's, he's a proper mill midfielder for me. Um but at the moment, as you say, Mitchell and Savile doing so well, probably doesn't Ruta probably doesn't get back into the side that stands. And I think, as you said, it was, I agree, probably it's harsh to drop Danny. Um, so for me at the moment, he's an impact sub who will come on with 10, 15 minutes to go, 20, 25, whatever. If we're needing a goal, if we're defending a lead, and we, he just runs, gives us that energy he has and, and drives us up the pitch. I think at the moment, that's probably his role. Um, but obviously, never rule him out. If, if someone gets injured, I'm, he's, the, he's the first one in there to replace him. So 
Um, yeah, I really like Ryan Leonard, but at the, at the, at the moment, Savile and Mitchell are just doing too much to, to get dropped. I agree with you. I don't uh, I don't think he'd come back in the team as a start. Um, I think he'd come on as an impact sub. Um, you know, 20, 30 minutes left to go um, and make a difference that way, I think. So, yeah. Ollie, I can see you in the green room, fella. I'll come to you in a sec. Um, let's rush for a couple of these because um, we're getting on with time. Watford, obviously, we uh, we beat 3-0, which I don't think any of us were expecting um, to win that game at all, but we, we won it comfortably, um, very comfortably. We just seemed to shut them down. First first 45 minutes was the best meal we played all year, by, by a long way. They We were absolutely superb. Again, another one of those occasions where Watford were a little bit shaky at the back, and they didn't look comfortable when their defenders had the ball at their feet or or, or the um, free kicks and corners going into the box. But that's because we made them look that poor. Um, obviously, Tom Bradshaw scoring a hat-trick. Really, really pleased for him, obviously, getting his season up and running. Um, Within 35 minutes as well, wasn't yeah. it? And, uh, you know, typical strikers' goals in and around the box. That's what Bradshaw wants. But, you know, second half, people think, oh, we could have gone and got four, five, six. But it was game. the game was managed perfectly by us, I thought. They, Watford had nothing and they were so poor that night. They've improved and, they're, you know, they're in the top six. But but we were absolutely superb for 45 minutes. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. Completely agree. Completely agree. Then, return of Jed Who. To the den, um, we played West Brom all week on Twitter. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, give me dog shit abuse, all of that." And then he went and celebrated the goal like he just fucking won the FA Cup. And score it. Huh? Uh, yeah, he didn't even score it. It was it weren't even a fucking goal, was it? I think it was a fucking an own goal. To be fair, um, a deflected goal anyway. But um, yeah, it was. A strange day um, for a turn up with him. I, I I didn't think he would have done that, but he sort of, you know, if you listen to the rumours, him and him and Rat didn't get on, so maybe that was there. But yeah, I don't think he um, he he again was um, too understanding of what sort of abuse he'd get as well, because he it, it did turn on him, and even Twitter become a weird place because you had quite a few fans sticking up for him and is all right and a lot of the other ones going it was already a cunt and now he's an even bigger cunt so it's difficult isn't it I, think, I'm, I'm, I was surprised he celebrated like that um, I think I think maybe potentially maybe the emotions got better, the better of him maybe that day um, maybe he was trying to silence the crowd but actually by celebrating like he did I, for me I think Jeb Wallace got us all three points that day because mm, yeah, yeah but I think that, you're right as soon as Jeff went like that, the fans got up. The fans were, were, were noisy. It's probably the loudest I've heard the den. And I wasn't even there. I was, I was watching it on a stream in the US. And oh, that this year, they were on, on against West Brom. They were unbelievable. And as soon as that happens, he's on, they're on the back foot. And, you know, we go on to, we go on to win the game. And, and I, I honestly do believe that Jed doing that really sparked the crowd and, and sparked, the, sparked them into a life. What it could have been, she wouldn't have celebrated. We were 1-0 down. They could have potentially got on top of us and, and getting silenced us. But him doing that really, really lifted us. Then... We go on to um, three fairly quick um, games. We had Huddersfield away, Birmingham away, and then obviously Hull at home. Um, Huddersfield was a 1-0 loss, um, which sort of 
you know, we've been flying on on the positive and then all of a sudden we get the loss. Birmingham again, Hull, we should have got more out of Hull than we did um, because of the atmosphere of the game, remembering this game, everything else. But then we finished the season before this World Cup break um, on a 4-2 win against Preston and we looked as if we were back on fire again. And also a good way to finish going into this World Cup shenanigan break um, winning 4-2. No one saw that coming, did you? And we have the best player in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. think... I think if you if you take if you take the, where we are at the moment and where we've come from, I think um, that the Preston game kind of summed up just really the kind of journey we've had this season. Um, started well, we're pegged back and we're looking on the ropes, and then finished really strongly and and and, and come away in a, in a positive way. I think um, the the runner games whole. Uh, sorry, Huddersfield, Birmingham, and Hull. Disappointing, but we we you know we lost at Huddersfield, Paul. But we we still managed to pick up points in two games where you know we were disappointing. And I think if you if you take where we from the international break up until where we are now, uh, we've been really really good. Rower has has done what he needed to do. He listened to the fan base, or he listened to the board, whatever it whatever it was that made him go to that back four. It was that geezer sitting behind the. The dugout who was calling him a cunt every week. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, I think that's the bit what what done him. So yeah, but well, it, whatever it was, whoever it was, it's it's worked. Um, you know, we've been we've been very very good. Uh, I think mm. in these last ten games, and um, as you said, the Preston result set us up really really nicely to to attack attack the league when uh, when it comes when it comes back around when it's uh, Sunderland away. No, that's it. We'll come on to that in a minute. I'm going to bring Ollie in. Ollie is um, obviously, if you're listening, if you listen to our spaces, um, and next week we might try and do this and spaces. I found a way that I can bring spaces on um, through the laptop, allegedly, whether or not it works or not. We'll try it in the week and see. Um, but Ollie normally comes on with stats, and he normally only has one. So if he's only got one today, then we'll just cut him dead and, and kick him straight off. But you should have a few. Let's bring him in. Hello, Ollie. You all right? Hello, mate. You're I right. feel really guilty now. He does look young, doesn't he? I know he was young, but I feel a bit guilty now. It's like, you know, it, it looks like, Kai, you and him, are, you, you look old compared to him, Kai. <laughs> oh, it's made a difference. It's made a change, eh? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Come on in, Ollie. What's your stats? Um, so, out of all the teams in the Championship, Mill are second for big chances missed. Fuck it all. Thanks for that one. With twenty six, for a damn near on, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I thought you were going to give us real, real like real good stats, but no. So, so we're the second, we're the second highest team for missing. Big miss. Yes, right. And most of those probably been a phobie, then, didn't they? Really, <laughs> Tyler Bury. Yeah, Tyler Bury and a phobie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in. Uh, and then best have 18... more. Best have more than one stat, fella. Come on. Yeah, and then eighteenth uh, with twenty one big chances created. So we're not creating big chances, but we're missing all of them. So I think we've done well this year on what you call it, haven't we? Um, on set pieces. Yeah, we have. Yeah. 
But that's always been our strength, even under Harris. You know, you've got big centre halves coming forward. If your delivery, if your delivery um, is right, you're gonna, you're gonna. You're going to be a threat with Cooper and Cresswell. I'll be honest with you. I mean, yeah, we are. I think we have missed some real big chances, and those stats don't lie. But if we're what I think, as you say, 18th in terms of big, you know, big chances created, and we're sixth in the league, I'll take it. Because if we start creating more chances, where are we going to end up? No, that's it. That's a that's a LA Raiders top, isn't it? It's an NFL top, so it's like yeah, everything's on it. So you got. LA Raiders here. Is um is Dolphins. I mean Chris has asked for Detroit Lions. I don't think it's actually on the stop. I'm not sure. I'm I've been scanning it, but I can't see it here. So yeah. Chris don't know. It might be on there. Watch his social media, he'll probably find you a picture of it sitting on the back probably, but yeah. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Yeah. I think we're doing all right to be fair. Um I don't think we would have thought that we'd be sixth how we started the season to where we are now. Changing to the back four has really worked well for us. Um, I think the World Cup has come at a good time for us and the fact that realistically we've only got a week off because obviously there'll probably be pre-season training this week because we've obviously got the game Saturday and then obviously we've got Sunderland and then obviously we're straight back into the games a week later. So realistically, Sunderland is our game in hand. Um, and if we can win that, then, you know, potentially before the rest of the teams come back, we suddenly could be up to fourth, joint fourth. Or we'll go fifth, really. I suppose Norwich will come down. But yeah, we'll go. Uh, no, we we'll go fourth. We'll go above. Yeah. We'll go above Watford, won't we, on 34 points. Um and then we're only four points off the automatic promotion places. Um, question for all three of you. Is it too early to dream yet? Ollie? To answer that. <laughs> um, I think it is too early to dream. But if we sort out our waveform, because we're 22nd on the away table um, on nine points um, from away from home. So... As long as we sort out that issue, and because we played like most of the best teams in the in the league away, so you know, as long as we get, as long as we don't do what we did against Huddersfield and lose one nil to, you know, bottom of the league, I think we should be should be fine to dream. You know, we know the home form's not an issue. It's just whether or not we can get the results away. Stephen, I don't think it's too early to start to dream personally. I think um, if you look at the quality in the squad and the um, the fact that, the as you said earlier, Mick, the World Cup has probably come at the right time. We did have a, f- a couple of injuries just starting to creep in, but they've been they've had an opportunity to go away. Leonard, Afobi, Hutchinson have all been able to go away, get fit, and, and hopefully be back for the, for. The, I mean, if they're not back for Saturday, fine, but hopefully back for for the. Um, for the Sunderland game, I think we have we have the makings of a really really good team, providing they stick to to what they're doing at the moment, and we finally got what we've been missing. I know people will say Jed and and fine, he, he was a good player for us, but we finally got 
that star player. I think Rowett touched on it in his Preston press conference and said it's hard for championship clubs to bring in real quality. And I, I think we have. I really think we have with Fleming. Um, yeah, I think I, you're right there. I agree, to be fair. I, I don't think it is too too early. Um, just the start to the season has been really impressive. We're always, we've always been slow starters, haven't we, in terms of the second half of the season side. If we can really go on that second half of the season, um, you know, spree as well as the way we started, then I really don't see why. And the, the January transfer window could be big here. You know, can we, mm. can we get in a winger maybe? Can we get in one more striker? That's what I'd, I'd love, another striker. Um, if we can do that, there's, I don't think there's any reason why we can't dream. And, you know, I, I think we, we can at least make the playoffs this year, whether we can go all the way. I don't know, but the playoffs is, 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 the, is the first step. Can we do that? And if so, there's no reason why we can't. It's a lottery at the end of the day, isn't it? So I think, I think if we make the playoffs, and this is a real bold statement, and you can all hold me to this if you want later on in the year. If we make the playoffs, I think we get to Wembley because the home tie in a championship playoff final, uh, sorry, a playoff semi-final, no team in this division wants to come to the den and play. And I think we, 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 uh, I don't know if we'll go up and I don't, I'm not saying anything on that, but I think if we make the playoffs, I think we make Wembley. And I, 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 I probably think you're right there. Um, I agree with Chris though. Um, yeah. When you think things are, are going, um, yeah, you know, it's when you think you're on a dead cert, you never are. But to be fair, we beat Sunderland where we're only four places off automatic. And as long as we can keep that run going on, what American Rover said, um, you know, it's teamwork what's making a difference now. And if that teamwork can, can go and we, we avoid more injuries and Fleming comes on fire even more, all of a sudden, we're laughing, um, you know, get the goal difference up. We need to score a bit more to get up there with Sheffield United and, and Burnley. But I don't think it's impossible. I don't think, you know, with the way he's coming and as long as, you know, he he, he comes back, we'll see how we do against Saturday. But I think it will be, it's a good warm up because they're obviously in their their main season as such. And they, I think, Bamboo, mm. blah, blah. Um, and I think they're, for us, it'll be a good challenge. Um, and then, obviously, on the back of that, we're going into Sunderland, and then, obviously, the season starts, um, and we've got some, obviously, good... But, again, same with everything. It's where you are at Christmas, because, obviously, we've got Sunderland away. We've got Wigan at the Den. We've got Luton on the most ridiculous fucking kickoff time. I really don't know what their planning is, right? Because I know it's not going to happen, Right, but you could end up having fucking six, eight hundred thousand Millwall fans decide we're going to a pub in Luton to watch the World Cup final, mm. regardless who's in there. But all of a sudden, what they're doing by changing that is you've gone. Why Sky wanted it changed from a fucking Saturday to the Sunday? I've got no idea. It's because um, they're des- it's because they're desperate for football. Yeah, they've got yeah, nothing. Yeah. They've got they've got no Premier League. They've got no. They've got nothing. So they've just gone right. Okay, and I'm convinced they've just gone. Oh, it's Millwall. We'll just we'll just pick them. It could have been any. It could have been any. Team, I reckon. To be fair, I reckon but... they've gone. It's Millwall Luton. It's pretty much 
you know, so many years after 85 and they're just gone, it's bound to fucking be a bit of entertainment or bound to be a kickoff. We'll fucking have that. So at least then we can run news articles for the next fucking three weeks on every channel possible, having pots at Millwall, same as they do every year, the snidey little guns. Um, and that's it. But hey-ho. And then obviously the last game this year is um, Bristol City at home. I think um, from 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 my point of view, I think Sunderland, I think it's Sunderland, Wigan, Luton. I think Watford's on Boxing Day, yeah, and uh, Bristol City. I, I can't see. I cannot see why we can't still be really, really competing in that top six come the January transfer window. And that then says to me that players who may not have wanted to come or might be thinking, "Oh, where am I going to go next?" we look a much more attractive proposition because it's like, okay, we're joining a side that's going for the Premier League. And I think that might, you might be able to bring in a better quality player. And as Kai said, a, a right winger, um, desperately, desperately need to bring one in. I mean, even, even, even the running after there, mate, I, uh, most of the teams we've already played where we'll probably get results now, but yeah, we're, we're seeing that one. So yeah. Um, Oli, you got anything else you want to say, fella? Um, so last season there was a guy who went to Swansea from the Eredivisie called Joel Perrault he scored uh, 22 goals and got 20, 28 assists combined so 6 assists 22 goals um, and I think we can see that in Fleming you know he's come from the Eredivisie Sim I think Joel Perrault costed a little bit more than Fleming so but if we get that 20 goal striker from Fleming which is only 12 <coughs> goals away you know we could you know Theoretically, we've been off a 20-goal striker off the playoffs. So, if we do get that in Fleming um, and we, we go to Sunderland, we get a draw, maybe a win, and then, you know, do well against Lewin and Watford and beat Wigan out and um, Wigan, who are very poor, away from home, and yeah. Bristol, who we've been at away very comfortably, I would say. Um you know, we could have a very good if John Barrelson puts money in, or even a half the top there, they put money in. You know? Yeah, I think I think it'll be Barrison if anyone, but yeah, it's whether or not they do or they don't now with other expenditures and all of that lot. But they you know, I don't know if the money's spent from the the Man City boys going. Um American Roma Rover obviously knows something we don't. When is Billy Mitchell gonna get a goal? She's been getting better going forward. And then he did say Sorry for the typo, um, but I, 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 I'll leave that one up because it looks quite good. I know we're a club full of diversity and we like pushing, um, you know, the diversity badge at every opportunity we can. So um, all I can say is good luck, Billy, on your journey. Um, it'd, be, it'd be with you soon, Kai, when you're doing the Lionesses. Yeah, you're going to have Billy Mitchell in... Um, in uh, in midfield for the Lionesses. Um, but, yeah, no, jokes aside. Kai, you got anything to say, fella? Uh, no, not really. I just think it's been a really good season so far. Really impressed. I said back in August, uh, July, probably, just before the season started, I said, I said to, I said to one of my family members, I was saying, all I want is Mill to be sort of in the top 12 by the time the World Cup break comes comes around. And I think we'll be in a really good position. To be sick is, to be fair, it's a bit of a dream, actually. I'm not going to lie, but I didn't expect us to be this high up. Been a really good start. The four at the backs made all the difference. And hopefully we can continue continue flying up the league and 
make the playoffs this year because we have got a really good squad. Absolutely. Stephen, you wanted to finish the show um, with saying, so listen, I'm not going to come in after what Stephen says because I don't want to ruin um, the moment there for him. Um, but listen, if you've enjoyed this, we're back next Sunday. Uh, this is your chance to get on the show, your live interaction um, comments. We are going to look to try and step it up. So if you do want to come on the show, like Ollie has, just drop us a DM and we can arrange um, to get you in. If you've got a particular point you want to put to the panel, um, then please do so. If you want to look at coming on the panel, you think you've got um, a voice and, and you know can handle it, not a problem at all. See you later, Chris. Thanks, fella. Um, then, yeah, get in touch. Drop us a DM on uh, on Twitter or drop us an email at info at thatmillwallpodcast.co.uk. Um and we'll get you on. Massive thanks to all of you watching on YouTube who have subscribed. Um, we touched that thousand um, subscribers, uh, subscribers, and we are over that now. And uh, yeah, we're we're definitely keep moving. So remember, the more we get, the better it will be. The more fans we can get to see us, and uh, and it just you know helps us stay at number one, the most interactive. Um, Millwall fan show it is your show you can have comments we do put them up and uh, thanks very much for listening tonight on that I'm going to shut the fuck up and uh, and I'll let Stephen end it off you go fella thanks Mickey um, I just wanted to end the show by saying unfortunately um, sadly this week um, we lost a, a lifelong Millwall fan my grandfather sadly passed away um, he's probably the reason why I'm on the show um, and why I go with my dad, because if he didn't go all those years ago and take my dad and then my dad take me, um, I wouldn't be here. So um, I just, you know, in his memory, uh, you know, rest in peace. Um, thank you for introducing me to, to Millwall. And hopefully, as we've touched on, we're having a good year and hopefully he can look down on us and um, hopefully see us over the line into the Premier League. That's it from us. What's your granddad's name? Peter. Peter Jones. Rest in peace, Peter. Um and look down on us and bring us some luck and all to the rest of uh, lines we've lost uh, this year. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next Sunday. That's it from us. See you later. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.